Welcome back to the Wake Up With Glow podcast. It is a new middle of the week and I'm excited to share it with you as I have new thoughts and new ideas to share in this space, to leave in this space with you. Hopefully you're meeting me here with an open mind and a renewed sense of craving to learn a renewed sense of desire to continue exploring yourself more deeply and to be here and be willing to accept something new into your heart, allow your mind to be exposed to something different and to share this space with me for which I am always so incredibly grateful for. Today I want to speak about the choice that we have to either live inside of ourselves or outside in the world that we know. And it's an important choice that we have to make, each of us, likely many times throughout the course of our lives, because we are always in this sort of tug of war between what is going on within us and what we are experiencing outside or outside of us. And we're faced with the decision to have to oblige in many ways to what's going on outside, despite there often being a lack of alignment between what is out there and who we believe ourselves to be at the core. And if you choose to live in the outside world, if that is the choice that you ultimately make, willingly or unwillingly, You are opting out of what you are. You are choosing all that is not you. And this is important because so many people opt for living in the outside world and they are still out there searching for themselves. And of course, to the dismay of many of those folks, they never come to find what it is that they are looking for because it cannot be found out there. And there's this sort of gray area where perhaps we are searching for ourselves out there and we are thinking and and saying to ourselves that if only I could gain enough experience or exposure to the right things, then that experience will surely lead me back to myself. That experience will show me the way. And although experience has a vital role in our process of experiencing ourselves fully, of finding our true purpose and our meaning here on this earth, Experience alone is still something so independent from who you are unless you see it for what it has the potential to be, which is merely a coming out of yourself coming in front of you for you to be able to see that reflection of yourself in the outside world. But it's important for us to note that we are not actually experiencing something outside of ourselves. We are experiencing us through the objects that exist outside of us. So the world is constructed and it sways us. It, it is not something that we just simply 
believed to have been here, to have fallen here in the way that it has fallen without the intervention of the people and the other forces that have cultivated it in a way that is, let's say, unnatural. And you, in direct opposition to that, are one of the most natural things to walk this earth. You possess all of the things that are so confusing to you, all of the things that you are puzzled by, the behaviors that you exhibit, the the trauma that you're still working through, everything that you still question about you and your life is a testament to how natural it is because everything in nature cannot simply just be explained. It must be explored. And so when we live in this constructed world, this this world that other people have put their hands on and made in a particular way, it gives us rules and opinions for how life should be. And the more you find yourself abiding by the rules that were not made by your own soul, the farther away you get from who you truly are and what your purpose here is. Any time that you do anything outside of stillness, anything that takes you outside of your own solitude, you make yourself susceptible to being influenced. And despite how resilient you believe yourself to be when you step out into the world every day and then return home in both the literal and metaphorical sense, you are still being altered. Your energy is being altered. Your perspective is being shifted by what is going on and what you're taking in. Because if you have to engage with anything outside of yourself, then you also have to step beyond yourself in order to engage. So unlearning the world becomes incredibly important here. Unlearning everything that we previously learned to be true about how life is and should be, about how we are and how we should be. Unlearning becomes our pathway back to ourselves and it becomes the place where we gain the most clarity as to what we need to be doing in order to fulfill the purpose that we feel we are here to fulfill. We must do this if we are to grow closer to ourselves. We must learn to challenge everything that we previously accepted as fact. And I'm sure if you're listening to this and and you find any relatability or interest in this topic, then likely you yourself have gone through a period in, in your life or are going through currently where you have started to question why you have blindly accepted the world as it has been given to you, as it has been taught to you, it is meant to be taken in and conformed to. We have to wonder about who this voice in our heads is. And, you know, we all have this narration that's constantly going on in our minds. And we seldom ask ourselves, Who is that? 
Is that me? When I'm thinking through things, when I'm even idly thinking about things, is that me in my head? Who is talking? And and who is that person talking to? If that's me in my head, who am I talking to? Is it just me talking to me and then me answering me as I'm talking? What sense, what, what is the logic behind that dialogue that goes on in our minds? If we are talking to ourselves, what is the intent? Who is meant to listen? Who is meant to learn? And if it's this circuitous loop, then how can we go closer to ourselves to understand that dialogue and to no longer need it? Because that dialogue is essentially a muddled confusion of what we are perceiving in the outside world. There is no confusion about you and who you are. Your essential being is not confusing in any way. What is confusing is how we have stepped so far away from ourselves that we now are trying to find our way back. And so that dialogue is you trying to naturally take all of the stimuli that you are accumulating as you walk through the outside world and trying to make sense of it in the context of your own being. So we cannot just treat ourselves as separate from this world because ultimately we require its support. But we can choose to act knowingly We can acknowledge when what we are doing is not who we are, and we can get clear on why we are doing these things. Because the key to getting closer to yourself is identifying everything that is not you. Not categorizing and and characterizing everything that is. It's not finding a label that fits you best. It's not finding where you fit. It's literally squeezing yourself back out of all the places that you forcefully squeeze yourself into. Whether that is a job or a relationship or a faith, whatever it is that you have adopted and adapted yourself in order to be a part of, it is literally forcefully squeezing yourself back out because you and your true essence it cannot be labeled it can't be described it just is and so the more you can filter everything that is not you out the closer you get to truth and this is so important. Why, you know, you may ask, why is this important? Who cares? Let's just move through life as we see fit. Let's just take the world as it comes, as it is, as it's given to us. It's important because if we don't do these things to get closer to ourselves, we cannot be surprised by a lack of peace or purpose or fulfillment that results from our not exploring where we are in all of this. For none of these things, not peace, nor purpose, nor fulfillment, can be found far away from ourselves. And yet, we step so far. We go to such lengths in the outside world to find ourselves. I refer back to an example that I 
often use, which is, it's that pen behind the ear. You know, the man or woman places the pen behind the ear and forgets it's there and then goes searching everywhere, looking in all of the places that it is not, only to discover that the pen has been on them the whole time. And so that is what we do with ourselves. That is what we do with our truth. That is how we find and search for ourselves. We look everywhere but where we are. And it is the great mistake of so many lives and lifetimes. We have to learn to pay attention to life. This is really key here. Learning to pay attention to life. You are life. And you have to learn to see yourself not separate from it, but but it in its essence. You are what life is. You are a living thing and thus life is you. And so every time that you touch the outside world, you are being reminded about something within yourself. And I call this your innate wisdom. There are some things that you just know. You just know them to be true. They just feel right and there's no explanation for it aside from you stepping into your own innate wisdom. It is the gift that was given to you from the moment that you took your first breath. It is yours and you will carry it for the rest of your time here and likely beyond. And so it would be such a shame for you to not use that innate wisdom, for you to instead just conform to a world that is going to tell you exactly how to live and how to move and how to breathe and how to act and how to dress and how to speak. What would be the sense in being all that you are if you are just here to be all that everyone else is being? Where is the beauty in that? Where is the purpose? What kind of peace can you acquire from not recognizing yourself as peace, as love, as purpose. If we're always looking outside three steps ahead of where we are, how could we ever find what we are? I want to tell you this brief story. Uh, I was speaking to a friend of mine recently and I was speaking on how fascinating it is that we so many of us who choose to do the deep work, who choose to ask the really important, difficult questions of life and our existence, we recycle these same ideas over and over again. We spend lifetimes searching for understanding only to read the, the books and, and learn the things and have some questions answered and have new questions pop up. And yet another series of people and lifetimes come along once the other humans have passed and they ask the same questions of life. How fascinating it is that we keep asking the same questions lifetime after lifetime, generation after generation, and the answers seem to not becoming any more clear than they have ever been. Um, And perhaps that is a testament to the fact that the answers are not actually what we are looking for. It is the quest that is the answer in and of itself. And as we spend our lives searching again in the next life, searching again and again, perhaps that's because we already know all that there is to know and it's just about getting ourselves to see it. What if we all found our way here knowing all that we need to 
And the true test of our life is now just accessing our own inner knowing. And the question I'd like to pose to you is, if you could accept that to be true, or entertain that for just a moment, that you do in fact know everything that there is to know, and and you are not looking for answers, you are just simply trying to see yourself for what you already are, how different would your life be to live from this place, to, to live from believing that you already know everything, believing that there is nothing that you need to find to feel complete and purposeful and meaningful? What would that mean for your life? What would that mean for the time that you have remaining here? And I hope that that would mean something different. I hope that that would alleviate some of the burden that you have juxtaposed with life itself that it would bring you some kind of closure in knowing that you are your own knowing and that the world is here simply to help you experience yourself i want to encourage you to be a witness to your life to use the outside world to simply see yourself more clearly because you already know yourself And it is not the you that you describe to your friends and to coworkers. It is not the you that you put forward with that extra energy that is on reserve. It is the you that is effortless. It is the you that shows through when you are not trying. There is nothing to be found, only witnessed. And I hope that you can embrace that perspective and that philosophy for life. Because if you do... It will free you from so much unnecessary suffering, from so much tension, worry. If you could just believe that, you can set yourself up not for wanting or needing anything, but for simply being and expressing who you are. We often don't get to express the full extent of who we are because we are so preoccupied with being who we are. And the truth is, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. You don't have to work that hard. You don't. You have to clear your path of all of the obstacles that are standing in the way of you seeing yourself. If you are standing a couple of feet away from the mirror that is a pure reflection of everything that you are. Think about all of the things that are standing between you and that mirror. What is it? What is it for you specifically? What is standing between you and your ability to see yourself? Your ability to love yourself? Is it someone? Is it something? Is it your own craving and desire? Is it something that happened in your past? What is clouding your ability to see yourself and get back to who you are? All the searching that you do is really, uh, you know, we talk about searching. We are searching for answers. We are searching to find ourselves. All of that searching, it's really not for you the true you, all of that searching is something that we do for our lower selves, for 
in other words, our egos, for the people we identify ourselves with, for our personalities, for all of the descriptors that come to categorize everything that is not who we actually are, but who we put forth to the world. And so that is what lives in the outside world. It's your personality. It's your avatar. It's your body that is yours, but it is not you. It's the way the world gets to experience a lesser version of you, a fabrication. And and how fortunate are you to be the only one who truly gets to experience yourself in your entirety? You are so fortunate for that. I even envy you in a loose use of that term. Because how beautiful would it be to experience each other in our fullness? But that can't be possible if we don't learn to first experience ourselves. Because how can we express what we do not have a firm grip on? What lives in the outside world? This ego, this lower self. And that's ultimately what faces the worldly challenges that burden us so much. The challenges that we come to endure and complain about on a regular basis, they are not being faced by us because who we actually are lives in harmony deep within our our, our being. And the people out there in the world who are complaining, those versions of us that are sitting and stressed and wishing for something different, that is just your identity, your worldly identity. Your higher self, that is you. That is the real you. And that can only be found inside. Which is why I wanted to make this episode to drive home the point and and really get the message across that you have a choice. You have such a beautiful, profound choice to either live inside of yourself or live outside in the world. And those two experiences are going to look very different. You send your ego off to work or on a date or wherever to Home Depot, but you come home to yourself. And that is so relevant to your state of being, to your emotional state, to how you feel about yourself and about your life. Because if you don't learn to distinguish between who you're sending out there in the world and who you are in your own heart, then you will always confuse the stresses on your identity to be a tension that categorizes who you are at the core, as though pain is something that we are meant to endure, as though suffering is a state in which we are supposed to live in. Life is just like that. Life is hard. The world is tough. Perhaps these things are all true when contextualized appropriately, but your life and your being is not here and meant to explore this suffering and make a home there. We must learn to come home to ourselves and to see ourselves as separate from the foot soldiers that we send out to work every morning, to class, to wherever we are going with our physical bodies. Those who experience fear, guilt, sadness, regret, all of the emotions that somehow become so deeply tied to our suffering, those are just our foot soldiers. They are the ones who carry all of these 
negative emotions that can serve us if we learn to dissociate from them, but examine them as though they are applicable to who we are, but to not let them become who we are. Only our worldly identities can know these things because your, your being, your core, your, the, the person inside of you who needs not be identified or labeled, that being can only experience the purity of joy and love and peace, the calm of simply existing. And the better we get at distinguishing between our foot soldiers that we send out and who we are on the inside at all times, the more peace we can call in. We all say that we want to live a life of peace, but how can we do that when we are so addicted to what our avatar is experiencing in the outside world? How addicting is the drama? How addicting is the chaos? We call it excitement, but really it is just a separation and a pull farther and farther away from ourselves because what is more exciting than walking in your purpose? What is more exciting than being so deeply aligned with who you are that there is no questioning? There is no room for suffering because you can't help but just be who you are and have that call in all of the abundance and blessings that come with you living who you're meant to be. Many people experience when they make a really significant life change or a shift, whether it's a career change or just a a lifestyle change of sorts, they experience this euphoric feeling, this weight being lifted off of their shoulders. And I spoke to so many folks in, in the telling of their personal stories where they describe this moment that they know internally they decided something that they've been conflicted about that they maybe didn't even understand what the right decision was for them and they made the decision anyway and it was as though there was this moment of just weight being lifted off of their shoulders and if you've ever experienced that I want you to know that that is you stepping into yourself That is you honoring who you are, sending the foot soldiers out and telling them to not come home anymore because you are comfortable doing all the work inside of you. You are comfortable living in that space that is true and honest to you and you no longer need to dip in and out of this world outside of the extent of our normal lives where we can show up as who we are in the outside world without needing the comfort and care and the protection of all of our ego defenses. And I want to end this thought loop or thought chain, however you want to look at it, with just a note on spirituality itself. And what it means to really be connected to to our truth, to our true being. Spirituality at its core is a very deep selflessness. And although we all wish to see ourselves as selfless and believe that we are, many of us are still possessing these qualities of our ego and identities where 
when faced with things that take us what we perceive as out of our own control, when people test us and trigger us, that selflessness tends to dissipate quite a bit and it still comes back to being about me, the me. What is this doing to me? What does this mean? How do I protect me? And all of those defenses are characteristic of the fact that you're not living from a truly selfless space because those who live from a a really rooted in self, rooted in truth, separate from ego type of space, nothing that they do is taken as a product of their own being because they are the epitome of selflessness. All of the greatest spiritual leaders, if you pay close enough attention, you will find that these individuals do not build lives and make moves around the intention to be the beneficiary of anything. They move out of a deep place of selflessness, of care and of desire to contribute, to do things that have nothing to do with them, but that they are the hands that do the work for. And when you are living like this, when you're truly doing for others, doing for the world, then nothing you do is a product of your own being. And so there is nothing to cause you to suffer because your ego is so far away from you that everything that happens as a product of your own action on this physical landscape that we call life on earth, everything is not associated with you anymore it is associated with the mission and the mission is beyond you it is associated with you but it is detached in the way that selflessness does for others without an expectation of it being linked back to the person doing it and so spirituality in a way becomes the great equalizer because there is suddenly all of these folks who are not living for the egocentric pursuit of feeling some type of way about all the good that they are doing, they are just good doers. And so if I'm doing good and you're doing good and we are not labeling or evaluating ourselves based on the kind of good or the extent of the good that we are doing in comparison to each other, then suddenly there just is nothing but a lot of good being done. There's no expectation of reward or punishment, just a worldly contribution. And how much can the world shift when, the, when more people are living this way? And you might think, well, how, how can I get there? It's not so easy. And perhaps it isn't, but it becomes even more difficult when we're not paying attention to it, when we're not trying to rid ourselves from our outside world presence, when we are not trying to disidentify with our ego, when we're not even making the attempt to see how what is inside of us is as profound and and having as great of a ripple effect on the outside world as the avatar that we put out every single day, that we let step out and represent us. So I hope that after listening to this and 
spending this time here with me, that you start to think a little bit more deeply about which world you are living in. If you are living inside of yourself or if you are living out there in the world as someone that you're not, even if you believe that you are trying to be all that you are as you navigate the world, there is a prominent distinction where you, only you, know the answer to whether you are living inside or outside. And only one of those places is true. And most of us perhaps are living somewhere in between. And that's okay. Wherever you are, that is okay. And maybe with time you shift between states and you're inside and then you're outside and then you're back inside. That is life and that is self-discovery. It is so fluid because as we've spoken in the past few podcast episodes, there's always room for error. We cannot simply just overcome and transcend our own humanity. We are still susceptible to ourselves being human. But that should not preclude us from trying our best to channel and tap into those deeper parts of ourselves that are superhuman or above our own expectation of what it means to be human. So I hope that you think about this and I encourage you to start a conversation with someone who maybe you think will understand or have something to contribute to the discussion, someone to share your perspective with, and of course I'm always happy to be that person for each and every one of you. I love you guys immensely and I am wishing you a beautiful end to the week. I will see you back here next Wednesday. And as always, I am here with and for you.